Welcome to the Community for Coaches podcast, where we help coaches intentionally and effectively use sports to transform lives. I want to thank all of our Coach of the Year finalists who have been so patient as the release of this Coach of the Year series has been significantly delayed. Unfortunately for me, some some life circumstances have temporarily pushed the podcast to the back burner for a while, but I'm excited to now get to these interviews and get them edited and released so that we can share some of the really great stories and experiences from these local Kansas City coaches who are being transformational in the lives of their athletes. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this series. All right. Well, I am here with Craig Inlow. He is a uh, basketball coach for Gable Basketball and the three and two baseball program. He's a fifth grade coach. He is the superstar dad coach. That's one of our finalists here for Coach of the Year. So um, thanks for coming on, Craig. We appreciate it. Thank you. Did you like that title I gave you, the superstar dad coach? You like it? You oversold it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. All right. No, yeah. you're you're gonna deliver. It's gonna be great. So. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about kind of your experience in sports growing up and kind of how you got into coaching and stuff. Yeah, I played uh, baseball and basketball um, up through high school and played basketball through high school and then um, through college and, and in mural college uh, basketball, nothing for the school or anything like that. So I continued playing basketball and then uh, started playing old man softball mm-hmm. and had to eventually retire. And so now I, I am a former player. Yeah. Nice. What, what experiences do you think sports taught you kind of growing up? So basically, yeah, my, my parents had me in sports from the get go as early as I can remember, I played sports and um, basically I think it's a good opportunity to teach a lot of life lessons. I mean, you learn, you get out of it, what you put into it. Um, You realize that the players that you're playing with, the guys that, you know, take it seriously and play harder and practice more, get better. And so you quickly learn that hard work pays off. Um, So I think it teaches kids and at the time myself, uh, all those values of hard work and competitiveness. And obviously you can have fun with it too. um, But those are sort of the big things you get out of it. I think as you, as you play sports. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, what coaches do you remember um, growing up? Any coaches stand out to you as, as influential? Yeah, I had, I had, a, uh, just like probably anybody, I had good coaches and bad coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you can learn from both those. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think every coach I had wanted us to get better and did what they thought they should do to try to get us better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that came out in a lot of different ways. I had coaches in uh, mostly school, high school, that were yellers and screamers. And, I mean, they would go crazy and yell at you and everything. Um, and that was just sort of their style. I think you learn from that as well. That's not who I am. I've always been a very laid back person, um, but you can learn from that and you see, you know, how that, how that impacts kids. Um, basically it makes you nervous to get in the game, makes you nervous to make a mistake. You, at times you don't even want to touch the ball because you're not going to make a mistake if you don't touch the ball. And so you don't want to get yelled at. So you do it that way. Um, I had also, also coaches that were, that were good too and basically taught you, um, hard work and things like that. Uh, my dad coached a little bit in baseball. Um, he wasn't a head coach, but he was always there to kind of show me some things and teach me some things. And that always made a big impact too. I think it kind of bonds you 
whenever your dad's your coach, you share another bond there that's that's pretty special. Hmm. What what would you say kind of sounds like you kind of thought through your um, coaching experiences and then you basically like kind of edited them, so to speak, like you're like, all right, not this. I want to do this. Um, what is it? What does it kind of look like for you now to motivate your players without being a yeller? Because that sounds like that was kind of an example. Like, how did you what was your new strategy? What did you do? Basically, I'm pretty honest with my kids. And I think, you know, if I see a kid that's not giving effort, I think if you explain to that kid, I mean, obviously you have to adjust as to the age of the kid also. Yeah. As you get older, you expect more from them. But I think for me, just telling a kid, hey, here's the deal. Um, you're not trying. You're not giving me your best. Um, I think if, if you want to succeed, you need to do that. And I think it's just having those conversations with the kids um, when you get a chance to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation rather than taking the time during the game to yell at a kid or scream mm -hmm. at or whatever. I don't think that's the appropriate time to address something like that. Um, and if a kid is given his best and it's just not, it's just not working for him, then it's just going to take more work and practice to try to figure out what it is that that kid needs to do to get better. Right. Yeah. Love it. What, um, what would you say kind of for you is sort of your reason for coaching your wife for coaching? Like what, what, what made you want to get out there? Cause it kind of sounds like, I, I mean, a little bit, you talked about this, like you sort of weren't maybe like coaching was not like your career choice. You picked from a young, you know, get go, like you kind of stumbled into this. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So basically I have two children. Um, when my oldest son was young, um, a neighbor was, we got on their team. And so he asked me if I would help coach him and I said, sure. And so I helped coach him. Um, same thing with basketball. I wound up helping coach basketball um, in basketball, specifically that team, the coach decided he was done and he was going to walk away. And so some of the parents just asked me if I would coach. Um, so I grabbed a couple other dads to help me. And, and I coached that team for several years after that. Um, so yeah, it was nothing that I ever planned on doing. It was just sort of, they needed a coach and, and whatever. And then with my youngest son, because I helped with my oldest son, it seemed like all the younger brothers of that group then said, Hey, the parents said, Hey, would you want to coach this team too. And so then I wound up uh, coaching my younger son too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more something that I just did because nobody else really yeah. wanted to do it at the time. Um, wanted to take the inventor, the, the investment of all the time that it takes to do all the stuff. And so when they asked me, I just said, sure. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's a good way to make sure your kids always got a team too, because teams are breaking up and whatnot. And so if you're coaching, you know, he's going to have a spot. He's going to be able to, be able to have a team to play with. Yeah. You know, being kind of a dad coach, like what, what advice do you have for coaches kind of getting into it as, as a dad, like what are the mistakes maybe you've seen other coaches make or other dads make? What do you think? I would say pretty early on, you have to kind of make a decision as to whether you're trying to win games or whether you're trying to develop a team. Um, I think a lot of times both of those things can happen. Um, that's happened with my, uh, the baseball team that I'm coaching, we've had a lot of success, but I make no bones about it that for me, it's more about development. Um, I learned that fairly early on. Um, we had some teams that weren't very good. And so we decided, hey, you know, we're not going to win games. So we need to work on development so the kids can get better. Um, as I coached my older son up through uh, middle school, we had probably six or seven of the boys 
that were on that team, they went out for middle school basketball and made their school teams. And that was very rewarding for me and basically took my thoughts on the development part of that and just exploded them, made it, made it even more important. So for me, I'm probably 80, 20, as far as development goes, um, these kids are not going to remember whether they won, you know, the league or whether they won or 500 or whatever. But if you can develop them and get them to the point where they can make their school team, I think that is, is, is the priority. That should be the priority on that. Yeah. Why do you think some people struggle to, to see it that way, as you just described? Because um, I think it's fun to win. And if you can come out and say, hey, we won every game or, or whatever, I think, I think there's, a, there's a reward to that too. I mean, it feels good to do that. And the kids enjoy that. And, and so I wouldn't say that that has no merit at all. But um, I think some coaches get so caught up in that that it's to the detriment of the team. They're going to try to, you know, they're going to, I've had, I've seen coaches scout us and other teams and try to install offenses in a week to try to, to win that game. Well, that's not helping the kids because you're basically teaching them, you know, how to win a a specific game rather than, Hey, this is how, if we can develop these skills and we can get better at this, we're going to win those games anyway. And so I think, I think for a lot of for a lot of coaches, it's 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 just more fun to win, and that's they're they're not as worried about what's going to happen to the kids on down the road. Yeah, yeah. So would you say is that kind of like your your reason for coaching is more to be developmental in your focus and teaching that skills of like hard work or kind of what what things kind of pop out to you as being important you know, that you yeah. really want to pass on to your players. Yeah, I would say that's it right there. I think it's – if you can teach a kid to work hard and to really enjoy the sport, I think he's going to be better off and he's going to work harder. Um, I think – so, like, early on when I coached basketball, um, we – as the kids got older, we started having two practices a week. We would have one practice where we would work on teams-type stuff. So we would we would – install an offense, install a defense, work on things like that. And then the other practice was just completely individual development. We would come up with drills that um, for the boys that we thought would help them. Sometimes they would be individualized drills. If a kid was, you know, struggling with a certain thing, we would have that kid work on, you know, certain drills. Um, So for us, we kind of tried to split it half and half. Obviously you can't just do nothing but development because if the kid is working on dribbling the whole time and then you just throw him into a game and there's no offense or anything like that, that's not going to work. So you have to have some, some combination of that. So for us, when we had the two practices, one was just solely development and one was more of the team type stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it worked for us. And that's, that's, I think in the long run, it helped the the kids too. Cause like I said, we had a bunch of players that were able to make their school team. I think that was based on the development part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a big conversation in in soccer too. How do you navigate that? Basically, um, taking care of the team versus making sure individuals are developing. Um, and the sweet spot is when you can get repetition on technique while still incorporating an element of the whole game. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not like it's not technique completely disconnected from from the the real game, the real concepts of the game. Um, but I think that's harder in some sports and easier in other sports to do that, you know, to get the technical reps while you're still playing the real game. But 
Absolutely. Because like in baseball, I mean, baseball can be all development because obviously the kids aren't working in concert like they would in soccer or basketball or something like that. If a kid can develop the individual skills, you can throw him on the field. and He's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, what comes into, into practice with our baseball team, I think, <clears throat> is that we try to do as much as we can to develop as many kids as as many places as we can. So, for instance, we have a team and we'll let every kid pitch. We'll work with every kid as a pitcher and we play other teams that have two pitchers or three pitchers. And they're, they're, they're just constantly going back to those same three kids pitching, pitching, pitching. Whereas we're trying to develop as many kids as we can, because I mean, in fifth grade, you don't know who's going to be what position in high school. So we, we try to give a kid every, excuse me, every chance we can to play whatever position he wants. And then we try to pitch as many kids as we possibly can. We give every reps pitching. And, and when you look at our stats at the end of the year, like I said, we'll have like 10 kids pitching significant amount of time and other teams have like two kids pitching. And I just look at that. And I think, they're not developing their players like they should be. Yeah. So let's say I'm a, I'm a dad and I've got a son and I'm thinking about coaching him. Um, what resources would you recommend checking out? Maybe I played a little bit, but not a ton. Like what would you recommend to like, I mean, there's, there's YouTube videos galore yeah. for drills and stuff. So if you're looking for drills, I just surf the internet constantly looking for specific drills, um, mm-hmm. fielding drills, outfielding drills, pitching drills, all that kind of stuff. Um, we also have some kids that go and have paid, played competitive. And so their parents have paid and taken them to professional coaches. And when those kids get burnt out on those teams, we've picked up four, probably four kids, I think, that have played competitive. And so when they come, we tap those parents. Hey, when you were paying these coaches, what drills were they doing? What techniques were they teaching? So we've stolen yeah. a lot of that. We have a hitting coach right now that we use um, who has – her kid has had lots and lots and lots of – professional coaching. So we steal all that and we have her come and teach us. Um, So I would say a lot of stuff like that. Um, Tons of books on coaching philosophies, if that's what you're looking for. Um, And and so, I mean, just basically going out and doing the work and finding the stuff and kind of creating your own, you know, set of drills and philosophies and things like that. Yeah, for sure. We're not above stealing. Yeah, there, there's a lot of a lot of jokes about how the best coaches are the best thieves, you know. So uh, yeah. I think there's that's a that's a trick is basically can you take a drill or an activity and then not just copy it exactly, but like how do I actually maybe simplify this for my kids, like so that it feels like the natural step for them. It's not like this kind of random. We do a drill this day, we do a drill this way, but helping it fit into a whole um, development plan, you know, and make sure it's, it's kind of, it fits with the whole, it's not a random, you know. And what we try to do in basketball is we would take whatever offense we would want to run. We try to break it into parts. And so this part, we're going to do this, these kind of drills to get this part of the offense down. We're going to do these kind of drills to get this part of the offense down so that they're kind of doing individual stuff that's helping them, you know, do certain skills better. And then as you kind of incorporate it all together in whatever offense you want run, then it kind of makes sense to the kids that this is why we did these drills, kind of like a wax on wax off technique or whatever. Right. You're, them, you're having them do the drills, but in, in reality, you're, you're building your offense around that. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, cool. Any other um, thoughts for, for coaches or tips for dads? Um, 
What about, let me ask you this. What about um, coaching your son? Like, how do you navigate that relationship? Uh, that's tough because mm-hmm. as a coach, you tend to be a little harder on your own kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people from the outside look at it and they may think that, you know, the coach's kid gets all the benefits or whatever, but I can assure you that it's the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, my kid's a catcher in baseball. And the reason he's a catcher is because nobody else wanted to do it. So whenever I would say, okay, who wants to catch? Nobody want to do it. I'd say, okay, dude, it's you. So he developed then where he liked catching. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to try to try to navigate that because you, you want, you, you are harder on them. Um, you do make them do the stuff nobody else wants to do, but at the same time, you also try to, you know, let them know why that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're all figuring it out, right? You'll figure it out. Right, right, right. And sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes I think if if your kid has a problem and you see something and you know I'm not going to be able to address this with him in a way that he's going to accept, I've had my assistant coaches go and tell him certain things. Like, hey, I've I've told him 10 times he's not doing this. He's still not doing it. Can you go address this and deal with it? So I think that tag team of dads, I think, helps too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, something we talk about at, at CFC is this idea of being transactional versus transformational um, in our, in our coaching. Um, what are your thoughts there? Like what, what, what are the marks of maybe a transformational coach? Um, I think, I think being able to look at a kid and say this specific kid maybe needs this specific help. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've always had good fortune of having good assistant coaches. And so when we've had kids that have had problems, I've had assistant coaches that will just jump right in, pull that kid aside and work on whatever skill he needed to develop. Um, so I think in that way, I think that's, that's important. We talked about, you know, having a good assistant coach. I think that's a, that's an important thing. And so I think, I think we've, we've been able to do that every in the teams that I've coached. And I think basically if you see a coach that's taking the time to work with an individual player, um, he's checking in on him. Um, he's interested in that player, even after that player goes on to another team, things like that. I think that's a good indication of a coach that's, that's wanting that kid to succeed rather than let's just win a game here and there. Mm-hmm. They have that. They genuinely value their athletes beyond being athletic commodities. Like they value them as people. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, the coach, the coach that I'm working with now in basketball, I'm an assistant coach. He's the head coach. When we went through the whole COVID thing, he was very good about telling the kids, Hey, you know, this is not an easy time for, you know, you guys. And if you need to come to us as coaches and talk to us about problems you're having things like that. Um, I think that was a, that was a very good, uh, indication of a coach that's caring for his players rather than, you know, success specific team. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes some um, extra time, you know, to do that. And I think you have to really catch a vision for coaching beyond just, you know, um, winning games, you know? So, I mean, let's be honest, probably none of these kids we coach are ever going to, you know, be a professional baseball, basketball, whatever player. So, I mean, what we're teaching them is not how to do that. We're teaching them, you know, how to be better people, how to mm-hmm. deal with, success and failure and the big life issues. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't get any of that, then it kind of is not really worth their time, in my opinion, 
if they don't get any of those life skills things, it's like, mm, what's yeah, the- we're just out there killing time and, you know, hopefully you have a little fun. Cause I guess not- exercise. I mean, it's good. You know, they're getting active. That's positive. But yeah. yeah, I think it's just a wasted opportunity if, if it's not, if that isn't your mindset, you know, so it's huge. Well, I think that's a perfect opportunity to, to develop that. So if you're wasting that, then yeah, that's, 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 yeah. What other final thoughts do you have for, for coaches or um, kind of any other advice? Um, I've always appreciated a good assistant coach. And anytime I've been the assistant coach, I always try to do this. And um, mm-hmm. I just felt that when your coach is, is coaching kids on the floor, as assistant coach, my job and, and my assistant coach's job is to work with the kids on the bench, teaching them things, pointing out things. I mean, always be coaching, but obviously the kids on the floor are getting coached by the head coach. So I think that's a good opportunity for you to deal with kids on the bench, teaching mm-hmm. them, things, showing them things, saying, hey, see that right there? That's why this happened, things like that. So um, I think I think sometimes people don't appreciate the assistant coach as much as they should. Yeah, I think I think you might be right onto something there. Like the assistant coach, in a sense, sometimes has a more of an opportunity to build relationships and have that transformational impact because they're they're able to take a second away because they're not responsible for managing everything always, you know, and so they can actually have a little side conversation here that helps with the mindset of a player where they shift and it's like everything changes after that. But if they're trying to be the head coach all the time and like you know, competing to, for the loudest voice during the game that, that, that can um, be counterproductive, I suppose. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing and congrats again on being a finalist. Very exciting stuff. So um, thank you. I'm sure all of your, all of your kids are uh, excited to, to vote for you and <laughs> I don't think any of them know I've been nominated. <laughs> you gotta tell them what are you doing here? No, I'm not doing no. that. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to share this podcast with them when it comes out, so you have to show it to them. So maybe I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, you're you're too you're too humble. You gotta you gotta be confident. <laughs> Put it out there. So, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. So thanks for having me. Thanks for listening today. We hope you are enjoying this series with all of our Coach of the Year finalists. If you want to know more about how to coach with purpose or want to support our mission, you can check us out at communityforcoaches.org. And we hope you'll join us next time as we work to help coaches intentionally and effectively use sports to transform lives. 